Welcome to Leave Your Hero's Journeys podcast, the source of inspiration and practical wisdom on how to live your full potential. Hi, I am your host, Pei Tay. I've lived through multiple hero's journey from becoming a registered pharmacist overseas, being a founder of a social network for foodies, a philosophical author, and also a coach and speaker. For today's episode, I'm so excited to introduce you to a very inspirational guest. She exemplifies what it means to live a hero's journey. She has turned her $300 in a bank account into a multi-million dollar business, survived not only one, but multiple burnouts, and lived today to tell us the story. And uh, spoken on a TEDx talk in a hot pink suit, you got to wash that one out, and launching her first book on personal growth. So if you're thinking of a career transition, or want to know how can you move from a corporate world and becoming your own business owner, please listen to the end to learn all the stories and the lessons that you can learn. So please, and help me to welcome the CEO of Happiness Concierge, Rachel Service. Welcome, Rachel, to the show. Thank you so much, Pei. What an intro. I should have you on all my calls. Thank you. Yeah, I will happily record that for you. <laughs> so Rachel, I first met you at um, a speaking event at General Assembly. And I have to say you left two very um, big impressions on me. The first one is you are so energetic. I don't think I've met such an energetic speaker before. And the enthusiasm is just really contagious. And the second thing is that I feel that a lot of speakers tend to try to fit into a mold of like a professional speaker. But I feel that you really exemplify like you don't have to fit in the box to become who you are in any professional setting. And third is that you're a big fan of Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. So let's start from the beginning. When do you first um, hear the whisper of call to your adventure? Who was this Rachel service back then? And what was happening in her life before you make the change? Yes, it's so helpful to reflect back on those moments that define us, those, aha, there has yes. to be more. Is there more to this? For me, I was working in communications and as you so beautifully articulated, mm -hmm. had experienced anxiety, depression and a burnout, also known as adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. And I knew there was just one person who could help me. And who do you think that was, Pei? The person staring in front of the mirror, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know that yet. So for me, there was just right. one word that came to mind. And that was Beyonce. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. I'd so, Well, I'd so been a fan of her work from mm -hmm. her Destiny's Child days all the way through to her career now. And while I loved her songs and her messages, I was also a huge fan of her work ethic and her passion for excellence and being of service of your gift and or your goal or message. And so I bought a ticket from Melbourne, Australia to Brooklyn, New York to see her concert. How long <laughs> ago was that? That's seven, eight years ago. Right. So it would have been during her Miss Carter World Tour, I believe. And I bought a ticket to Bro her Brooklyn show because I hope that uh, Jay-Z, her husband and oh, rapper, yeah 
an entrepreneur would appear and he did which was cool um and i thought oh, i'm ready for some inspiration here we go I'm gonna get mm-hmm. oh, my mental top up and i just i started crying as soon as i walked in the door i cried in, in the toilets on the way to top up my makeup i cried during the opening act i cried throughout uh, uh, oh all the throat way too i can see you hey hello <laughs> And unfortunately, they weren't happy tears. They were, right. have you ever had a moment, Pay, where you you just need a release? It's a cathartic yes. release of frustration, annoyance, sadness, yes. tiredness. And I think all of that caught up with me with the adrenaline of whisking myself up, off to a romantic mm-hmm. date of one. Right, right. Concert. And I wasn't until I was on the subway in the way on the way home, I was staying in Chinatown, Mm -hmm. that I looked at my reflection in the mirror and everyone else on the subway was, oh, oh, oh. They were so excited and and in that beautiful post-inspiration glow. And I caught my reflection and I thought, huh, I think I'm the problem in my life. (laughs) Oh, dang, I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know yet is that I could also be the solution. And right. so I came back to Melbourne, Australia, and I dusted off all my notepads that I'd written from uh, other exercises. And I thought, I've just got to make one small step. And this is up to me. And so I got in a notepad and wrote, what do I want? And I wrote page after page after page. I wrote through the shoulds. I wrote through the coulds. And then I eventually wrote down page later, I want to be a motivational speaker. How and on what? I hadn't got that far. <laughs> but yes. I thought if I, you know, had the opportunity to do one thing for the rest of my life, it would be to um, share joy with others on stage and whether in, in whichever setting, I'd just be happy to. Um, right. And so therein, I started telling people I want more to life. For me, that's speaking. And then I said to my friend, but I got a problem. I don't know what to speak about. <laughs> And she said, well, have you ever thought of sharing your story of experiencing adrenaline, burnout, depression, Mm -hmm. and taking tools to create action? So I started sharing those stories. And then people, you know, the first audience, I think was about five to seven people. One of them was my sister. One of them was my future spouse. (laughs) I made them sit all at the front to make the crowd look really packed. And I hired a photographer, you know, to make it look. All right. So you you actually assimilate like a, a speaking event. (laughs) oh wow that's great the the venue was the venue was free I didn't have to pay to do it people could come for free and then somebody in that uh, audience said do you have a workshop on this how to take small steps of action to create more in your life and uh, I said "Uh, uh, uh, yeah yeah yes absolutely I'm the daughter of a salesman and a teacher so saying yes with grace and with curiosity is in my blood and then I did one workshop and somebody said, here's my card. I work at one of the big banks here. Can you send me your corporate rates? And I went, yep. Yes, I have those so I can do that. <laughs> so, um, but in every yeah, okay. step of the way, I just said, yes, and how do I bring that to life? I followed my curiosity and I wasn't too precious about how I got there. I just felt so honored to be following my path. Right. And at that time, were you still working full-time in a corporate job or what What were you in that situation? Yes, I was working in uh, an agency. I was working a couple of days a week and I was also freelancing on the side. Right. You know, 
I love work. I've always enjoyed it. So there was never a dull moment nor a mm -hmm. quiet one. So from a, a commercial perspective, probably spent the first 8, 12, 14, 16 months at Happiness Concierge doing any and everything I could for free to raise awareness, to get some case studies, to try out my content, to get some evidence on my website. Yes. And all the while I'm working behind the scenes. And on the weekends, I also worked in a cafe making coffee um, and uh, serving meals. And I just felt, yeah, I just loved every minute. I love the creativity of entrepreneurialism. And obviously, um, <laughs> there's nothing like a deadline when you've got to figure it out, is there? That's true. <laughs> so what do you think the biggest obstacles? Because a lot of times when people want to start something, they just feel like they're so overwhelming, like there's so much uncertainty. So how did you overcome that kind of obstacles in the beginning? Or what do you tell yourself in order to overcome those fears? Yeah, you're so right, Pei. The feeling, I don't know if you can relate or your listeners or viewers can relate mm -hmm. to that where do I start? Well, I just won't. <laughs> That's too hard. Exactly. I've got exactly. a, yeah. You know, for me, it was focusing on what can I control now? And what is the one question I need to ask myself that might influence everything else? It is so tempting to have the perfect plan or a clear vision of where your purpose might lay for me. And in my book, there has to be more. I simply ask one question, what is it that I want? And if that's not yet clear, I can ask myself questions such as, how do I want to feel on a day, some days, all days, most days? What would I like to achieve if that's authentic to me? And what would I like to have? You know, for me, it was, I wanted to have the feeling of joy. I wanted to feel like the girl that I'd grown up as, as this happy, giggly, joyous, yes. creative, you know, girl. And I'd somehow kind of lost just forgotten how to top up my tank along the way and what, you know, kind of fallen into a few things, uh, which served me to a big point until I realized, oh, I'm actually missing the joy. I needed to diversify my joy portfolio. And <laughs> um, that asking yourself, what is it that I want? And no, it's okay if you don't know the answer to that. And focusing on that, we then move to the other four steps. But um, if you can answer, what is it that you want? Mm -hmm. And it's okay, okay if it's a vision or it's a feeling or it's as vague as, one word that's an amazing step because we only want to focus on what we can control which is one step at a time does that relate with you pay and your oh, journey yes. as you expand oh, your yes. portfolio of joy that's very true i think a lot of people feel like they have to figure everything out before they can start and nietzsche um, a popular philosopher said if you can figure out the why you can figure out the how so people got caught up too much with the how because in the day and age nowadays, there's so many free resources. If you ask the right question, then you get the right answer. It's like, I don't, I don't have the money. It's like, how can I find the resources? By asking the right questions, you find the answer to your solution, right? And um, I love that. Mm -hmm. Along the journey, what do you think is the biggest obstacles, or I would call them like in a hero's journey? So you so you did the first thing, which is a call to adventure. You felt that something is not quite right, and it's great that you hit the rock bottom quickly, and then you take action. Because a lot of people they refuse to call a few times. First thing is like just a slight annoyance, like oh, I'm all right, I'm gonna go on my life until a crisis happened, and they have no choice but to take. The next move but it's great that you take in you know, a proactive action towards your goal 
And the second thing is that everybody have to slay the dragons. That's why they're called a hero. So tell me, what dragons do you need to slay along the way in your journey? (laughs) I love it. Well, when I think about the dragons to slay, what an amazing phrase. I think it's fair to say that when you are looking at your journey ahead or your steps ahead, it can feel really daunting. If A, there's no evidence to suggest that you might have the experience to do what you want to do. You might not know the how, you might not know where to start. And no one in your circle is secretly thinking to themselves, I can't wait until Pay starts an amazing podcast called The Hero's Journey. Or I can't wait until Rachel starts a company called Happiness Concierge. No one's really renting airtime in our minds to think what's best for us. And I think that for when I think about my own dragons to slay, it was about, I had a vision of what was possible. I had an end goal of what was possible. It was as vague as pink suit, big stage, lots of joy, lots of happiness of service to a message. I didn't have a lot of clarity on anything other than that. Yet I did not let that prevent me from communicating with conviction, communicating with clarity about what I wanted more of. You know, I hear a lot of challenges from people going through a journey thinking, well, how do I describe this to my friends? How do I describe this to my family, community, people in my faith and people who care for me and want my success? And what I want to give hopefully listeners and viewers a permission is you don't need to have it figured out. All you need is to have clarity on what you're looking for and be open to the fact that when people hear that, they might have think, what the, what you did, oh my. And in my book, I outlined expect for that and expect people to freak out in some way because they haven't rented time in your head to think about your dreams, your hopes and aspirations and thank goodness, right? <laughs> so what I would say is, Don't let the definition of success rely on what other people think. Instead, turn that inwards and say, what would success look like to me? And if we have the power to create success, we also have the power to create our own definition of failure. Failure is personal to us and we get to create our own definition of failure before we start. And that can lower the feelings of imposter dim, lower the feelings of I have to do X or lower the people pleasing. I need to have this sorted out. Instead, we can say something like, I'm interested in doing more speaking. I'm curious what else is out there for me. I've created a domain called happinessconcierge.com. That's where I'm starting from. Do you know anyone who might be interested in hearing from me? Or do you have anyone who might have a venue that I could look at as a start? You don't need to have your plan sorted and um, expect people to freak out in some way because it's new. It's new. And just because it's new to them, it doesn't mean it's new to you, although it might feel like that. There's That's some right. ideas that come to mind straight away, Pei. <laughs> so do you think it's a better idea to keep the dream to yourself and then start to work on it? Or do you think it's better to kind of announce it to the world so you have no choice but to work on it? Well, I think what I'm hearing there is the idea of accountability. And the question we can ask ourselves and what I ask myself is, am I someone who's motivated by other people knowing about my plans? And am I terrified enough to get that sorted? Or am I more of a private person who would like to reflect on my own and just take steps on my own? There's no wrong way to do it. 
what I like to encourage people is to sync in with their instinct and the way that they automatically show up in the world. So believe it or not, Pay, I am an introvert. I get all of my sure? energy by being by myself. I know. So I'm, I'm a very relaxed public speaker. I love public speaking. And to top up my, I define introversion and extroversion as a way we top up our energy. For yes. me, I spend a lot of time <laughs> because I do a lot of extroversion. I also need to do a lot of introversion to top up my joy tank. And so, you know, do we tell people about it? Well, I think there's two parts to that. For me, when I was creating Happiness Concierge, although I didn't know it at the time, I started to write a blog every Sunday after the gym on my computer for myself I wasn't doing it for anyone else other than getting to know myself and identifying tools that could help me take action I knew there had to be more and I just wanted a bit of time to figure out what that was once it became clear to me that there was an opportunity to serve others and to share these tools and to do public speaking three things that I love to do I started to talk about it and I just said look I've created happiness concierge it's the idea that we can all be in control of our life here are some things that I'm doing. Would this be appealing to anyone you know or any workplaces? Or are there any groups that you feel might align with this message? I would love to come and share my message and tools and or sit with community and learn how that could be helpful. And from there, it started to grow. So if you follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram or any social media, you'll see that I regularly upload videos of case studies, what we've been up to, what's going on, what I'm learning, what I'm wondering. And that probably represents... 5% of the work that I do publicly, I do 95% privately. <laughs> There's no wrong way. But I think the thing I do say in my book and to people in my care is when we know what we want more of, we're doing ourselves a disservice to not share that with the world. Does that need to be an update on LinkedIn? It could be. Does it need to be a YouTube video? Absolutely, it could be. It could also be as simple as saying to someone you love, trust and respect, I'm thinking of doing more X, maybe it's writing or maybe it's project management. I'd love to get more experience with project management. If you hear of anything going or if there's any opportunities here at work that I could do that in addition to what I'm doing, if I can handle the workload and if it's okay with my manager, I would be love it if you could think of me. It can be as simple as that. So whether you're starting a business or you'd love to just get more exposure at work to a different skill set, Anything's possible, but people can't knock on a door that isn't open. They can't ask us if they don't know. And when I think back to a conversation I had with a team member who said, I'm loving what I'm doing at Happiness Concierge, just so you know, I really love this other area um, in Happiness Concierge. We haven't done it together, but if that ever came up, I'd love the opportunity. What do you know? Six months later, an opportunity came up. And who was the first person I thought of? I thought, that person told me they'd love this. I want to see if they'd love to collaborate on this. But had they not told me, it would never have occurred to me because they hadn't asked for more. So it's a beautiful thing to think we can be anywhere in the world and we can just simply add on little bits to what we're already doing to grow, really, isn't it? What do you think, Yeah. Kate? No, that is so true. And I think what I've heard is like, when you tell the universe what you want, the doors will open for you. And you say, you have to knock on the first door, just like for myself, when I, I'm a, being a pharmacist, I don't have any connection in the hospitality at all. And I managed to get my first um, event on a sponsorship and simply by asking, you know? So a lot of times, as you say, if you don't put it out there, how would people know, right? 
So that's the first step you need to do. Like first getting clear of what you want and putting it out there. And um, opportunity is luck. It's not really like you're creating your own luck along the way as well. So um, yeah, so tell us a bit more about the book. Um, you say there's five frameworks and why do you name it, There Has To Be More? <laughs> well, I'll start with the title. When I had my moment at Beyonce, I kind of thought to myself, like, is this it? Like, is my life going to be full of crying at Beyonce concerts? No. You know, there was something inside my voice, inside myself, which was there has to be more than life to this. I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what, but if this, you know, no, <laughs> I don't, I'm no longer willing to accept this as my standard for life. I know there's more, I have experienced more in the past. And I, I think I just have forgotten who I am a little bit. I've become separated with the core of who I am. I kind of lost what brings me joy or what makes me what reflects who I am along the way of just growing up in life and whatnot. And so as I started to share my journey at Happiness Concierge with audiences, I started to have these one-on-one -on -one conversations. So six years of one-on-one -on -one conversations and people would come to me and say, look, I'm thinking, is this all there is? There has to be more out there, right, in life. And examples might be someone in their late 40s saying, I've got the job, I've got the husband, I've got the kids. I don't know if I like any of this. I've just kind of forgotten who I am. Or I might be someone who had just retired in the early 70s saying, I signed up for retirement, but is this all there is? There has to be more. They want to do with my time now that I'm retired. Or it might be someone who's recently graduated from university to say, I've got the degree or I've got my qualification or I've done some experience at a great school out there. I don't know if this is what I want to do. <laughs> All these people were saying, is this it? And privately. And so I would bring out my toolkit. And again, whether it be a notepad or a worksheet and say, well, let's start with what you want. Okay, now we're clear on that. Come back to me in a few weeks. Great. Next step was, how do we find the way back to who, when you felt most excellent? Can you think of a time? Great. And if you can't think of a time, no problem. That could be a little clue that there might be some deeper work to do with a trusted professional, a psychologist, a counselor, or a mental health professional to help us unpack that a little bit. And once we're clear on that, we can start saying, if we're clear on what we want, we're clear on how we're showing up, we're clear on how our, our role in our reality, because there's a bit of an aha moment to say, oh, when I was crying at Beyonce, I created that reality. reality. No one <laughs> got out a weapon and walked me to the stadium and said, cry at Beyonce. I created the conditions to feel tired, to feel overworked. My boundaries were low. I wasn't clear on what I wanted. So I said yes to everything. I love the feeling of busy and look, I still do. So I kept myself busy, you know, and once we have a clear grasp on our role in reality, we can move to the next step, which is to say, what tools do we need in our kite, in our bag to have the strength to take a next step forward? And sometimes it's saying no to people, environments that no longer serve us. And sometimes it's saying a little bit of yes, Sometimes it's boundary work and other times it's simply being clear on this does bring me joy. This actually doesn't. And then once we're clear on that, we can create a game plan and the final step, which is a pep talk saying you can do it. Here's what to expect. And I've called that the growth cycle. It's a five-step framework that I share in my book. So the first third of the book is my own story. 
Then the second third is the growth cycle with worksheets and what to do. And then the third third, the last part of the book is a survival guide. Here's what to expect when you grow or outgrow your life. Some people might not respond to the ways you might expect that you can expect that. <laughs> Here are some scripts and ideas on how to navigate that and how to navigate those internal feelings of confidence. So that will be in all major bookstores, October 1. Oh, that's check out so... more detail on RachelSevis.com. <laughs> Over to you, Pay. Yeah, that is so exciting to see your book on a bookshelf. That's one of my dreams out there. So I'm putting it out there today. <laughs> put it out there. Put it out there. Yeah. And so, I think the idea of manifesting or putting things out into the universe can seem so esoteric or faith-based for people who don't subscribe to a certain way of thinking. But what I will say is that social scientists have discovered that the weak tie network, the network, one network removed from your immediate network, are the people who are most likely to link you to opportunities. So pay, you're putting that into the world. I'm sharing my message with the world. Someone might watch this and share it with their sister, their nephew, and so on and so on. And it's about, yes, putting it out into the universe, but opportunities are attached to this network. And so it's a very real thing. Let me tell you that, you know, the TED Talk, the book, all the great things that I've loved doing didn't fall out of the sky. I was curious about them. And I talked to people about, you know, what might be out there. And as a result, people came to me and said, hey, I've heard this might be appealing. This is what I do. Might there be a link here? When there's alignment, it actually is quite easy to bring something to fruition when you're ready, when you've done the work to be ready. What does Oprah say? When opportunities meet you and you've done the work to be ready, that's when life happens. Yes. So I think so often we're tempted to just wait until the conditions are right. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to buy a fancy camera for my interviews. I'm going to buy some great lighting. I'm going to save up and for a nice microphone. When, you know, when Oprah knocks, I'm ready. I'm ready. What are you out there? <laughs> Right. So what would you say, which is the old Rachel, would you say that's no longer, you don't feel that's part of you today? I think um, I did this exercise in my book, actually, which is I invite people to put a line in the sand around who they're stepping away from and who they're making room for. And so the Rachel that I've chosen to step away from is judgmental Rachel, judgmental towards myself. And I've chosen to lean into competitive with myself how can I continue to grow uh, the Rachel I've chosen to walk away from is tired Rachel I'm tired of being tired <laughs> I'm choosing to lean into and in, in, uh, uh, energized Rachel have I fully you know figured that part out well no that's a work in progress it's the beauty of growth once you figure something else boom another lesson <laughs> there. Right. And, you know, the Rachel I'm working away from, I'm moving away from is someone who is saying, I'm not in control of my circumstances. It's not fair to someone going, it is what it is. My experiences don't define me. What I do next will define what my life looks like. So I'm choosing to move into a space of ownership. And having done that for the last six years, and, you know, as I've grown Happiness Concierge, I've been the person growing behind the scenes, which reflects that. So, you know, the person I'm stepping away from is someone who no longer accepts a version of reality. Yes, I'm lowering my expectations of what is how other people might respond to cope <laughs> as I grow, but I'm never lowering my standards. And I think that's something that I'm choosing to be more open about what I expect 
from myself. I'm, I've got higher, I've got high standards. As a result, I've got standards for the work I produce, and I'm ultimately uh, in service of that. Um, yeah. So, what a great question, Paige. Nice. All right. So, let's before we wrap up, I've just got a five rapid questions to ask you. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay. All right. This is going to be good. So the first one, my philosophy in life is? Values are reflected in happiness concierge, which is audience before ego. Uh, showing up for those you're there to serve before, before your own needs. To do that, we must, we, must, um, we must fulfill our own needs in order to serve others. Audience before ego, I think is a big one. That's great. So it's an act of service. Correct. Yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, the biggest lesson I've learned so far in my journey is one of the biggest <laughs> it's not lessons. A, <laughs> <laughs> um, very rarely how other people respond is about you. While it might feel like it's happening to you, it's not always about you. That's been very helpful. <laughs> yes, it's not personal. I think was it in one of the book, <laughs> the four... Is it the four? What is it? Oh, I can't remember now. So one of them is like, you know, it's not about don't take things personally. Yeah. It's hard. And we love to think that we're we're the center of everything. We do as, as humans, myself included. But most thing, how other people respond is nothing to do with us. It's what we do with that information that helps us. Yeah, that's right. Forward, and the biggest thing or most surprising thing I discovered about myself in this journey is... I can do it, you know. No one sat down with me six years ago and said, this is how you make a six, seven, eight-figure company. I wanted that for myself. And there have been huge moments of, can I do it? Will I do it? How will I get that? Blah, blah, blah. Worry, worry, worry. I can flip and do it. I can do it. So, yeah. Um, just so, want to remind people, when you think you can't, you stretch and grow again, you bloody can. <laughs> So in the moments of self-doubt, what do you do or what do you say to yourself? Well, the first thing I do now is do I need a snack? Do I need a nap? Or do I just need a metaphorical guess, snap out of it? Um, but in moments of doubt, I've got a great support network that I've put in place to support me. So I meet with a coach once a week for an hour. Um, and even if I don't think there's something to work on, there's always something to work on. In moments of doubt, I move away from my work and I spend time with myself. Um, and then I also practice what's on my mind with my spouse and say, here's what's top of mind for me. And they're really great at saying, you know, let's just bring, let's bring some other thoughts into that. So in moments of doubt, I like to step back and I obviously I've got a support network in place. Yeah. I'm actually not very good at asking for help. So I've had to put that support network in place. Right. Um, and in moments of doubt, I just come back to, you know, my whiteboard, which is to my left and your right, probably, which is what am I here to achieve? As Cher says, will this matter in five years? Probably not. You know, if I am the limit to my business's growth, it is on me to be of service to learn how to get out of my own way. Great. Okay. Um, the hero or heroes in my life is or are? Well, they continue to be my, you know, incredibly supportive, loving role models and parents. Uh, my mum and my dad. My mum, who's an academic and a huge role model to me. Um, and my dad, of course, salesman. And now, yeah, 
continue continual role models of what it means to be compassionate, kind, loving, curious, and non-judgmental. You know, I um, continue inspired by their grace every day. What what uh, what did they say when you told them? Hey, actually, I think I want to be a motivational speaker. What was their response back then? No surprises. You know, I'm the seven year old who's doing cartwheels down the supermarket, making up dances. You know, I think it's such a wonderful thing, whether it's a parental figure or whether it's, you know, anyone in your life. You know, I remember years ago, I was having a tough time at work and everything felt hard. And my dad said to me something along the lines of, hey, whatever makes you happy, you know, if this makes you happy, great. But if it doesn't, cool. You know, and hearing that permission from a parental figure to say, you can design anything that makes you happy, you know, it, it just really gave me a sense of, acceptance and I think you know the most loving thing we can say to others is there's nothing you could do that would make me stop loving you or stop accepting you I might not always agree with you and your actions but there's nothing you could do that would make me stop loving and accepting you so um that yeah that I often think of that when I'm when I'm thinking oh, oh I just think oh it's all good if it makes you happy it can be as it can be simple business and life and love can be simple yeah, somebody, as I said, my mom is like, somebody who doesn't clip your your wings, but let you soar high in the sky, you know. And a lot of like female, like ambitious females and might be afraid that, oh, if I'm so ambitious, I might not find a partner who's supportive of that. But by not going to our dream, we are not doing service to ourselves and you're not doing service to yourself, then you're not going to do anybody else. I think exactly and that's and I, what I learned you're so right is that what you learn pay yes <laughs> yeah amazing when we live life for other people no one wins when we live life for ourselves the abundance of and everything that comes with that if the goal is to do an activity to find another person then our work becomes conditional and when we do conditional work, we're not really tapping, we're less likely to tap into our intuition and full greatness, aren't we? Whereas there are just billions of people out there in the world. You never know who's watching. So if you're watching, thank you for watching. <laughs> There's always opportunities to grow. That's right. Pay. And last but not least question, I would describe my hero's journey as? A continual work in progress. I'm honored to have this connection with you today. And I know that I'll continue to grow and evolve. And you and I will both watch this a year from now and go, how things have changed. I'm open to that. I'm accepting of that. And I'm excited for that. Oh, thank you, Rachel, for your wisdom and your time today. The one, I think the one number, the, my biggest takeaway and what I'm most impressed of is you're like, once you got the vision of you wanting to become a motivational speaker and straight away go towards that action, even though you haven't figured everything out, like, you know, having the room and having people speak and straight away you go through what you want to do. Whereas sometimes people might think that they need to go different, different steps to reach their goal. But sometimes the, the real answer is just go straight. If you know already what you want, why not just do it from the start? You don't have to go through all these multiple things on the side to the step, stepping stone here and there. And you may not get what you want, you might you get even distracted. And to take the first step, the courage to take the first step. 
so well done and yeah i'm i'm really um, excited to see your journey evolve from here and now becoming an author um so where is the best place for people to find out more about you and your business about happiness concierge well, you can log on to happinessconcierge.com, the business that I run. If you're curious to learn more about my journey in the book, hop on to rachelservice.com. It's got my story, my TED talk. You can pre-order the book or order the book if you're watching this after October 1. And you can go to any major bookstore, amazon.com, um, Booktopia and bookstores to order my book after October 1. So don't be shy. Uh, and if you're curious, why not follow or link or send a LinkedIn message to say, hey, it's always great to connect. You never know how we can all support each other in this beautiful thing called life. Exactly. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> that's why we're here, Pay. You're the perfect example of that. So, yeah, I'm so excited. I've pre-ordered the book. I'm so excited for the launch and the seeing on the bookshelf as well. <laughs> And thank you for joining me today. Um, so make sure you subscribe to the channel for the latest episode. And uh, you can uh, also subscribe to my newsletter for your weekly dose of inspiration and wisdom on how to live your best life and to live to your full potential on my website on www.pheh-seh.com slash newsletter. And I'll put all the links in the description below anyhow. Thank you again, Rachel. And until the next episode, live a life worth writing about.